Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Sharpest Tool. My name is Josh Smith, and I am your host, the Vice President of Marketing of Home Services over here at Scorpion. And today on the podcast, we have Max Rohr, who is the Marketing Academy Manager of Building Solutions for Ray Howe. He has worked in the installation, hydronics, and solar industries since 1998. And uh, we're really excited to have you on the show. Max, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. He happens to be, you happen to be the son of uh, Ellen Rohr, who we've had on this show. We love Ellen, and I know we're going to love you, too, <laughs> and everything that you bring to the table. Um, you have your own podcast. You have a newborn, too. Yep. Dad. I do. It's been a busy 2020 for, for me and others, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your podcast? Tell us a little bit about what's going on in that world for you. Sure. So uh, we call it Ray Howe Academy on Air, and uh, we're doing a second season this year. And it's more of a discussion about some of the problems that our customers are solving uh, on topics like snow and ice melt and radiant heating and cooling, uh, district energy, things like that. So we've changed the format a little bit to see, uh, kind of to learn from our cool customer projects more so than just to, to lecture people about the science of the technology. So uh, why don't you tell the listeners a bit about your background, your experience? So I'm a fourth generation in the plumbing and heating industry. Uh, I worked with my parents. uh, They had a family plumbing, heating, and solar business uh, when I was a kid. Um, As early as Department of uh, Child Labor will allow my dad to say that I went to work with him, but I think it was uh, when I was old enough to not wander away or crawl away or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love hydronics. That's kind of my favorite uh, thing in the world. And um, buildings are super important. And what we can do with radiant heating and radiant cooling is really get to those like net zero energy, lofty lead platinum uh, project goals. And it is something that I just have I've really enjoyed being in this industry. Yeah. Tell us a bit about hydronics for those who, who are listening who might not be familiar with it. What are you referring sure. to? About that? Yeah. So uh, water can move 3,500 times more energy per volume than air. So it's a great conveyor belt for moving energy around a building. It's widely utilized in Europe, uh, partially because it's what they've done for a long time, partially because their energy prices are so much higher that they just need to hit those really, really high energy efficiency goals where uh, the price of energy in the U.S. has been lower for so long and we move so frequently that people sometimes want to invest in radiant heating or radiant cooling. But the uh, Energy Information Agency uh, in a 2012 study said that radiant heating saves about 32% uh, energy on especially commercial projects. So it's a great way to maintain comfort and have energy efficiency kind of both in the same package, which is uh, one of the reasons that I love to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So buildings use 39% of the energy in the U.S., but we can build them to be better from, from your perspective. Talk a bit about that. Sure. So uh, that study, uh, more so than transportation. So buildings use more energy than all the planes and trains and automobiles in the world. So if you could take your car to an auto mechanic and have him flip a switch and make it 30% more energy efficient, that would be pretty incredible. And the people listening to this in the service industry know how to do that. They can fix these problems and make buildings so much better. I think that we're starting with a pretty low baseline respective to the amount of uh, accessible technology that we have in the world. So a lot of big problems that we can solve with the, the tools that uh, you can go pick up at a wholesaler today. Yeah. Do you find, I'm just curious on this point, do you find a lot of home services, home service businesses are putting this out there as an offering? Is it, or is this something that a lot typically miss? 
So I think that whoever's listening to the call right now, find like a premium plus offering. That's one of the things that I'm passionate about. So whatever your best version of equipment uh, that you would pitch to a customer, find something that's even better because it's out there. So we can go with that like absolutely platinum, platinum offering if it's an ECM pump or an air to water heat pump, water to water geo exchange system, something that really works well with radiant heating and cooling. That's kind of the world that I live in. But even just in a standard forced air, there are so many great technologies available. Uh, and I think that one of the things as an industry we don't always do well is uh, not pitch that premium option. I think that in some ways, uh, when I've been a consumer and have gone to a store to ask for something and they pitch me the middle of the road uh, product, I kind of find it insulting if I was like ready to get the best version of what's out there. So whatever your premium is, uh, look for something that's maybe five or 10 years ahead of right now uh, because that's that's what customers want to at least be offered and you'd be surprised how many times people will say yes. Yeah, why, why do you think that they don't offer the premium offering um, on a regular basis? So I think that uh, one of the things that um, is an, an issue for our industry and has been very interesting this year is I think we have a self-confidence problem I think that there are some people uh, that will pitch you the best version of the speakers at Best Buy because what do they have to lose? But I think that we're afraid of rejection and necessarily not uh, seeing the value in ourselves as a trade that we are absolutely worth it. I think this year has been so interesting because everyone has said, oh no, plumbers and HVAC people are essential. We need them. When was the last time you heard that? It's been such a weird year in that sense. And I think that we need to not forget that and say, okay, would you like the, the premium offering of something that is absolutely essential to the point that we have to go to the front lines in the middle of a pandemic? Would you like to hear about an ECM pump? Would you like to hear about a geo exchange system? Uh, I can make this building more comfortable, more energy efficient. Uh, it's, I think that that's a, it's been a weird 2020 in that sense because uh, we didn't decide that. That was whoever the powers that be said, plumbers are essential, HVAC people are essential. And I, I've loved it. <laughs> I mean, so, I, you know, you're hitting on something so important. I was having a conversation with a business owner yesterday, actually, and we were talking about pricing, right? And, and for this was a different conversation than, um, than hydronics, but this was based around just how do you even price a business? in today's um, business world, business culture, marketing costs are going up. And what was coming out of the conversation was how do you actually go about providing the value? Because people buy what people value. And if you're providing something that's of value, even if it's a premium product, people will find a way to pay for it. So I think bringing up such a powerful point of really knowing and understanding the value of what you're providing the consumer. And I think that one of the things that our industry has quietly done such an incredible job of making thermal comfort and plumbing disappear, that the average homeowner doesn't even think about it. We've done our job so well that you don't think, what happens when I flush the toilet? What happens when I push up on the thermostat? We've made all of that hide behind the wall because we do our job well. And if you've installed a system well, your homeowner doesn't even know what the equipment is. They might not even know where it is in a big house. We have just made it invisible. Sometimes that's harder to upsell if you don't understand, you know, you drive your car every day. 
yeah. you get in your car and you know what that feels like, you know what that is. You don't go to your furnace or go to your boiler every day and experience that. You just mm. see kind of the, the benefits of it. So being able to paint that picture of what comfort is a little bit better opens up the ability to upsell. And it's a, it's a complex topic. Comfort is not the same for anybody. Yeah. So you really have to find a way to make it relatable. And I think that that makes it easier to pitch that, that upgrade. I love that. So talk a bit about how this is all done. How does this take place? Yeah, so um, at the highest level with hydronics, what we're doing is we're circulating with radiant heating and radiant cooling. We're circulating water through a network of PEX pipe that's hidden in the walls and the ceiling, embedded in concrete. And then we're warming up a surface that way. So instead of blowing forced air through the building, warming up the air, replacing the air with warmer air, what we're doing is we're warming it up like you're kind of on a warm beach or something like that. And what's cool about that is that your, your thermal comfort profile as a human, you kind of like warm feet and a little bit cooler head. But that's what Radiant does because it's warming like that as opposed to being in a cloud of hot air where your head is really warm with HVAC. And one of the things that as an industry, Radiant used to kind of clash with forced air, that like we're better, we do this better, we're the only way to do it. Building codes are, are different now, that the buildings are so tight that you need some forced air movement. The buildings used to be leaky enough that you could get away with the natural infiltration. Uh, now we have to move some mechanical air. So the best systems commercially, especially, are going to be a hybrid of forced air and radiant to get the best of both worlds there. Yeah. And, well, you know, you mentioned, I, I, I've heard it mentioned, too, when we're talking about, obviously, the codes and making sure we got to make sure buildings are up to code. And we have all of that to consider as yeah. home service professionals. Um, why do you find it to be so important to get involved in code committees? Yeah, so it, this is not the Illuminati in uh, the HVAC world. Like, you can just get on the newsletter for the IATMO Legionella Commission that they're starting and see if you can get on that, that group where they're going to start talking about those things. Or even in uh, Washington, D.C., I, I live in uh, Northern Virginia and D.C., they're targeting net zero energy or carbon neutral by 2050, which is a pretty lofty goal. I went to a meeting where they started to pitch the initial idea of this and they're like, and if you guys have any like ideas, let us know. So like jump on those opportunities, be the person who actually technically, technically knows what's going on and you can help drive those things. Or at least if you can't control what's happening, understand how you as a service professional or a new construction can work with that. Know what form you need to download, know what numbers you need to pay attention to. And you can really, uh, get ahead of these codes. And I think it's just such a great niche market to be five wow. years ahead of the, the energy codes in your cities, even if it doesn't apply to you yet, just yeah. uh, stay in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's such good information. So for everybody listening, you definitely want to think about how you can implement this and incorporate this into your getting and cooling business, because I think this is a big opportunity. A lot of our biggest contractors have a really healthy corporate account, you know, where they're dealing with a lot of the commercial buildings, commercial uh, work that they need to do on some of these large accounts. And that's where the large majority of their revenue comes from. So if you're primarily residential, this is probably a fantastic segue into another revenue stream as a business owner. Um, but I have another thought I want to kind of move on to, but is there anything sure. you feel like home service business owners need to know about hydronics before we jump into uh, business operations, which I'm curious to get your thoughts on? Sure. I think that it's something that is completely underutilized in the U.S., especially radiant cooling. Uh, that's something yeah. that we don't do a lot of. And radiant heating has traditionally been a good fit in 
the mountains and places where energy is very expensive, radiant cooling can be anywhere and you gain those benefits. Uh, what you need to know is the forced air side pretty well. So I think that it's, it's a nice option for people that are doing traditional HVAC to branch out into radiant cooling and then be that person who can solve those you know, 30% energy savings, you know, blowing ash rate 90.1 uh, out of the water and really be the hero for your uh, engineers and be known as that person, that, that guy or that girl that can tackle those projects. I think it's just something that yeah. is a really nice uh, underutilized niche. Yeah, definitely. So Max, you, you had an interesting upbringing, you know, the minute that did, you yeah. in, the, in the home services business, you did, you were there. What does it mean to build off a family legacy, but in your own way? Sure. So I think that uh, I'm probably not alone in that uh, I have struggled with my place in the trades because I grew up and both of my parents had really cool careers and have done fun things in the trades. Uh, I won't do exactly what they did and I won't do it better. And I think that that's an unrealistic thing to target for yourself. I think they're probably in any business uh, things that are just, you're not going to do it the same way that uh, your parents did it, nor should you. So I think that finding your spin and how you can find some personal interest in what you do, maybe you guys are great at uh, service and uh, you want to expand into new construction or you want to be that person who's going to uh, expand into the really energy efficient upgrades and say, you know what, in five years, the energy code is going to be different. Do you want to get ahead of that? Do you want me to pitch you that option? that could be a way to kind of find something that you can sink your teeth into that may be related to what your parents did, but you're not just chasing them. Cause I, I don't think that you'll ever find that. I don't know that yeah. you'll find happiness in it, uh, which is something that I had to kind of go away from the trades and come yeah. back a little bit to find my, my place. In the world. Yeah. It goes back to, you got to find something you're passionate about. It's so interesting, Max, you've taken a path that is so niche and so specific. And I think there's a lot of power behind that because you become the expert in that and you're passionate about it. So you're gonna go further and do more than your average person's gonna do, which is fantastic. What would you say is some of the pros and cons that you found in being your own boss? Yeah, so uh, growing up, uh, my parents owning their own plumbing and heating uh, company, we had a great schedule. And then if we wanted to take the motorcycles and go out to the desert on a weekend, uh, they didn't have to get approval from the big boss or anything like that. You could just do that uh, as a pro. The downside is that when the phone rings on Thanksgiving and your best customer needs a water heater to be replaced, you go do that. So that's kind of your, there's no one to, uh, to take that phone call or else you're going to have an unhappy yeah. customer. So I think finding your balance there uh, is hard as well. Uh, what do you want? Do you want to, a uh, path of least resistance is just to jump right back into uh, what your parents have been doing and continue on that way. And then it may take some soul searching to figure out if and how you want to do that differently and what your ideal schedule or workday looks like. Yeah. Is there a specific platform that you use to keep the communication flow in constant, you know, constant flux with your team? So right now we've had, uh, during the, the COVID crisis, we've had good luck with webinars and kind of a mixture of discussion as well as just a regular presenting a topic. But I think that people are more interested in that, uh, that discussion right now. And when we're at our best, we're asking a lot of questions of our customers and, and listening and asking good open-ended questions to kind of see what we can do better. I think that manufacturers uh, will try and figure out 
how they can be the best, how they can be the coolest. And I think yeah. that the most effective manufacturers are the ones that figure out how to make their customers happy and are paying enough attention to say, we need to offer that product or we need to offer a solution for that group that's really innovative. And, and that's what yeah. we hope that we do on a good day. Yeah. Is there anything you've found to be kind of best practices when communicating with customers? I think that just listening, open-ended questions, I think especially as salespeople, we're quick to jump into the solutions that we think uh, will fix the problem when we may not 100% understand what the customer is asking for or what they're experiencing, and especially in the world of comfort, that someone could say, I'm uncomfortable in my house, and I can say, okay, radiant heating system, here you go. And maybe their interpretation of comfort is that they hate the noise. They're perfectly, thermally, they're perfectly comfortable, but they hate the noise. And if you just jump to that solution, you're not going to find that underlying issue. So uh, definitely listening more than talking as salespeople. I think that that's yeah. when then we're the, at our best. There's a fun, uh, a fun phrase a sales trainer told me once. He said, shut up and get rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Step back word. and actually just <laughs> listen. Listen to your customers because that's where ultimately the money is because you're solving a problem that, that they have. Um, in, in your, your opinion, what's the one thing business professionals in the trades should not stop doing right now, especially amidst the COVID, the rioting that's going on, the, the <laughs> entire country's in the state of crisis, it seems. What should we not stop doing right now? Uh, learning. I think that as much as you can stay, it's been a weird time right now. Also that there's been a big like boom in the amount of different things that you can learn with webinars and different people that are jumping on these e-platforms instead of just the you know, PowerPoint in front of a, a room. So soak up as much as you can, uh, research your region or your state and see what codes are around the corner and, and jump on those things. And, and don't just go back to business as usual at the end of this year because it's going to move so fast. And if you don't have a niche, people are going to be desperate to just take jobs at really low prices and it's not a game that you want to play. Absolutely. Totally agree. This is all honestly great information, Max. Really appreciate you taking the time. Is, is there anything else in closing you want to make sure our home service business owners know? I think just find your, your place in the world and what you do is essential. And after 2020, don't forget it because it's an important part of our identity as, as people in the trades. And uh, that's how we can confidently pitch that premium product and, and sell a lot of it and make money. Yeah. I'd like to thank you, Max, for joining us uh, on the sharpest tool, the information you shared. Honestly, it's fantastic for any business owner looking to expand their service offering right now. So if, uh, if people want to reach you, where can they find you? Sure. So we've got more education resources, na.rayhow.com slash academy. You can see all of our, our training stuff there, and then you can uh, poke around our website, which is new this year as well. Fantastic. And the podcast is a link to that on there. So if people yes. the podcast. Yeah, you can find it there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Max. Appreciate being on the show and congratulations on your new baby, Luca, again. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Very welcome. Definitely hit that like button and give that subscribe button a little tap wherever you might be listening at so you can get more of the awesome content coming to you from the Sharpest Tool team. Until next time, I'm Justin. Thanks.